very quiet and nervous when I'm doing this. It's very difficult for me. Anyway, the Torah, in the Torah, Yud Gibble, that's a Perik in our parasha. It says as follows: Et kol adavar shalnochi mitzavet chem. Et kol adavar. Moshe Rabbeinu is saying something beyond what he said up to now. Up to now, he said you have to do the mitzvahs. You have to avoid the transgression. Right? That's what he said. Now he's saying something else. Et kol adavar shalnochi mitzavet chem ototish merun latzot. He says, Kol hadavar, all these things that I'm telling you to do, which I'm commanding you to do, ototishmirun la'asot, you have to watch over them. You have to be careful about them. And what does that mean? What does that mean? Lotosif Don't add to them, don't subtract. Rashi explains, uh, explains it called hadavar. What what is the cumulative notion here? It is pasuk kalakamura. Kalakamura. We don't uh, we don't divide up the mitzvot necessarily in that way. But according to Rashi, according to Rashi, there are such such a, such a division is possible. He didn't say that kalak. It's not what? Mitzvah kalak means the the punishment is not so severe. And that's kalak hamura. Hamura means the punishment is more severe. And that's how you know the distinction. But uh, we we don't we don't do that so much. So anyway, here's Rashi. Second Rashi. It's actually uh, with Ezra's help it always works. Kalak hamura. You see the Rashi. Tishbirula asot. So Rashi points out to us that this additional phrase, right, that's what Rashi told us all the time. You have to watch over it, you have to keep it, you have to, what is Tishmerulasot? What is this extra phrase about? So Rashi says, that in the Torah, in the parasha, it says, do this, do that, do. Like all the list of things that you should do. Litain say the word Tishmeru, watch it, be careful about it, is a kind of a extra negative that you are transgressing if you if you do if you do any of the things in the parsha. Shekol hashishamer, every time that word shin memresh, that word, watch it. Lishon Lotasehu. Hazal pointed this out. This is not Rashi's idea. But Rashi is bringing it into our uh, our way of thinking about things. Ella al Of course, you ask the question. If you're learning, you ask the question, what's the difference? What's the difference between a Pasuk that says lo, don't do it, and another Pasuk that says that says Hishamer. Uh, so he says, uh, if you only did, if you only transgressed, you don't get Malchus. We know that if you transgress the love itself, you you do get Malchus, right? You're beaten as a punishment. Then the the Pasuk ends with this kind of love. 
which is understood generally, which is understood generally, don't add anything to the Torah and don't subtract anything from Torah. Now we know that, uh, that we don't pay attention to that prohibition. We add to the Torah all the time. We add things that are not written in the Torah. If the standard is what's written in the Torah, well, we don't follow that standard. Never, we don't follow that standard at all. So Rashi says, Rashi says, Loto Sefer Love. What does that mean? Don't add. Hamisha Totafot Bitfilit. You can't say there are five, that there are five parshiyot in the Tfilin. Or Hamisha Minim Bilulav, or five different kinds of grasses in Alulav. Or Arba Abrachot Bibirkat Kohanim, or that there are four. We could add a pasuk to Birkat Kohanim. So what Rashi is saying is that whenever the Torah tells us a numerical cap, that there's a numerical cap for certain mitzvot, we can't add and we can't subtract from that numerical code. In other words, what Rashi has done is limited tremendously the notion of Balto Sif and Bal Tigra. From from what it might have been, it might have been something you know remarkable. But Rashi says that that it's put in here. It's in this pasuk because Hashem wants to make sure that we know that the numerical value of 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 doing a mitzvah can never be changed. But more than that, more than that, it connects to the next. Pasuk. And the next Pasuk is Navi. If there happens to be a in your midst, a Navi, a prophet was like, what's the reason? Why did he Yakum Bekirbucha? Doesn't say. He says, maybe, maybe it's something that he thought it would be good for him to do. He would become a Navi or he would attach himself in some way to to what God wanted. I mean, it's like, uh, in any event, the, the Pasuk doesn't help us. The Pasuk doesn't help us to understand why there is a Navi. Oh, somebody who dreams a dream. I guess a person who dreams a dream is like a Navi. I mean, that's the intention. Even though I don't know exactly what the difference between a Navi and a Cholem Chalom is, but I would say that they both have, or each of them has a special connection to God, right? And you know that all kinds of people can become Nivim. We know that from Bilam. Bilam was certainly. Uh, not the best of people and not somebody that we admire and yet he was a true prophet whatever the rationale might be there was prophecy in the world that didn't connect to Am Yisrael in fact it tried to destroy Am Yisrael and then it says when Atane Lecha Otomofet 
And then this Navi does something miraculous. He does something miraculous. That's a good Rashi. Rashi says, lecha ot. Ot, he says the word ot, which is a miracle, that's bashamayim. Ot in, from heaven. Ba'aret, I'm sorry, uh, ot bashamayim. Kinyan shinemar begidon, this is what we learned with Gidon. Gidon was also became a Navi. And in the Pasuk in Shoftim, Vasita, Vasita Liot, it says, you'll do for me or make for me a sign. Vomer, yina chorev el hagiza. That the giza, the wool that he puts into the, that's on the ground, it'll, it'll be dry. It won't be affected by the dew. Omofet, ot is something that comes down from heaven. Mofet ba'aretz, avopichain, lotish malo. Avopichain, lotish malo. So we see that, that in spite of the fact that he does this miracle, don't listen to him. Don't listen to whatever he has to say. Ki, it says, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Right, the, the miracle works. It happens. But then he said, he said, this Navi said, like Bilam wanted to say, let's go and follow other gods. You didn't know them. You didn't know about them. It's a new thing. I'm here, the Navi. I'm here to tell you these things. Right? Uh, one second. Right. You follow God. You follow God. And you should fear him. And listen to his voice. And serve him. Which I think is, a, is an important phrase that comes at the end of this, at the end of this Pasuk. Rashi says, Vet mitzvotav tishmoru, et mitzvotorat Moshe. That's like the Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu brought down from Har Sinai. We could say, Torah shebichtav. Uvekolo tishma'u bekol ha-nevi'im. Right? You should listen to the nevi'im, to, to, to the proper nevi'im. Votota avodu, and serve God it is in his temple. So Rashi, Rashi in an anti-anthropomorphic kind of statement. So what is 
What does cleaving to God mean? God is not there to be cleaved at. So Rashi says, That's Rashi. I want you to, to glue yourself to the ways of God. What are the ways of God? What are the ways? Well, there's a, there's a list. Kimol chasadim, do chesed. Kvor meitim, bury the, the dead, have no one to bury them. Baker cholim, visit the sick. Kimol shasakarish because God himself, so to speak, did all of these things. God did all of these things, and that sort of gave us a hint as to what we were supposed to do. So, So what is what is the parsha telling us? The parsha telling us is that there's a root obligation that we have to the Torah. And while it's true that individuals, while it's true that individuals might have some special kind of relationship with Hakadosh Baruch, and we would call that special kind of relationship. Navi or Nevuah, prophecy, or dreaming, dreamers. He says, we would call it, we would give it a name, and we name it Nevuah, but it is possible for the Nevuah to corrupt itself, to be less than it should be, because, because that's the nature of Nevuah. The nature of Nivuah is that you can't always understand, and the Navi himself can't always understand what the message that God wants him to impart is. So that basically, I think it would be reasonable to say that according to the Pasuk, according to the Psukim that we've just learned, the Torah doesn't want us. The Torah doesn't want us to give too much authority, too much uh, concern, too much relevance to the words of the Navi. If they deviate at all, if they deviate at all from the words of the Torah. So we go back to the first Pasuk. First Pasuk, we remember that Loto Seifa Lava Lotigrami Menu. Right? That's that's what the Torah what the Torah says. That's our obligation. Our obligation is to keep the Torah in a perfect manner. And that obligation overwhelms the Navi. And so if the Navi says something that could be understood as add to it or subtract from it. So if that if that's the case, if that's the case, then then the Navi is not of, of no importance. Navi is no important. I mean, we've learned that already. We've learned that from Bil'am, that prophecy was not something that was limited to Am Yisrael. On the other hand, we've also learned that prophecy, prophecy is sometimes confusing. And it's hard to know, hard to know on an obvious way, 
what our obligation is to the prophecy of the prophet. And here we're talking about the prophet who, who brought us a sign, who actually induced a miracle. I mean, that's, as we've said in the past, I mean, where did, where did Paro, where did Paro get the strength to keep saying no to Moshe Rabbeinu and to watch his countrymen die and his economy wrecked? How did he do that? How did he do that? So we know that at the beginning, at the very beginning, Paro had wizards who were able to imitate what Moshe Rabbeinu did. They could throw down a staff and it would turn into a snake, or they picked up the snake and it turned back into a, into a staff. So Paro said to himself, well, it's true that Moshe Rabbeinu is a powerful, a powerful magician, but we probably, if we look harder, we'll find somebody just as powerful and we'll be able to take away the power from Moshe Rabbeinu. That's Paro. I mean, once you believe, once you believe that something is possible, that it doesn't matter if it happened or not. And so it's possible to believe all kinds of things, even in the face of God, or in this case, in the face of the Torah. It's possible. And so that's what the Torah says, that even prophecy, even prophecy, and you know that the Gemara says, The Gemara says, about Hananiah ben Azur. Hananiah ben Azur is the name of a prophet who lived at the same time as Yirmiyahu and Avi. You know, Yirmiyahu, we've recently uh, thought about this. Some of these things on Tisha B'Av, Hananiah ben Azur, and they were Yirmiyahu and Avi. So Yirmiyahu said to Bnei Yisrael, you know, you're going to exile. You're going to go into exile and it's going to be sad and it will be 50 years before anybody comes back. Hananya ben Azur said, okay, you're going to exile, but you'll be back in two years. It's not a, it's not a big deal. Hananya ben Azur said, you know, you'll be punished. God will punish you, as Yimriel said, but it's not going to be that bad. It'll be like taking a little tour and coming back after the tour after the tour is over. So the Gemara, the Gemara asks, why did anybody listen to Hadadiah ben Azur? I mean, Yemiel Anavi was a prophet in Yehuda for 40 years. 40 years he said the same thing over and over again. And here you see it's actually coming true. It's happening. It's happening, so why do people listen to Hananiah ben Azur? I mean, who is he? Even as a funny name. So the answer that the Gemara gave was this, that Hananiah ben Azur was a true prophet. He was a true prophet. He came as a special person. He had special ideas. He had messages to give B'nai Israel. 
He was probably on the side of Yirmiyahu and Avi all those years, and then something happened. And he lost it, or he gained it. And Hadanya ben Azul became a false prophet. But a false prophet means that he was probably previously a true prophet. Because why would anybody listen to a false prophet? Why would anybody listen to a prophet who couldn't produce a miracle? Why would anybody listen to a prophet who said things against the Torah or against true prophecy? So the answer of the Gemara is that that prophet, Ananya ben Azur, he was a true prophet until, until he ended his uh, true prophetic reign. So that prophecy, we see from the examples of Bilam and Hananya ben Azur, I was not to talk about Eliyahu and Avi, who was certainly a true prophet, but who did something against the Torah. You remember, Hananya, uh, Eliyahu and Avi, he gave, he gave a, uh, a sacrifice on the, on the Carmel, on Har Carmel in Haifa, near Haifa. Because he knew that B'nai Israel needed that, in that area, needed him to come and show them that the God of the Baal and the God of our God were not on the same page. That you couldn't worship both. There was no way, way for Eliyahu and Avi to do that unless he did it in the Carmel, in that area. And in spite of the fact that the halacha is that you can't bring a sacrifice outside of Yerushalayim once Yerushalayim is built and, and the Beit HaMikdash is established, you can't bring a korban you can't bring a sacrifice in uh, outside of outside of the Beit Hamikdash. Eliyahu said, "There's no other way possible for me to make this point, for me to drive home the idea that God is interested in our sacrifices, but not interested in the bow, in the in that other sacrifice." And so he did it. And the Gemara says that from that we learn that a Hora'at Sha'a is special, that you could have a, a ruling that's given at a particular time, at a particular moment, and that that ruling wins out. That ruling wins out. So according to Rashi, Getting back to Rashi, Botid Bakun is anti-anthropomorphic, right? That's us. We have to be Botid Bakun. How do we do that? We do mitzvot that we were directed to do. But the mitzvot that you kind of could get out of. You could always get out of these Botid Bakun mitzvot that Rashi, Rashi mentions. Yeah. You do chesed. I mean, you know, 
Nobody knows what the definition of chesed is in a particular moment, but we try. Kvor meitim, help out to, 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 you know, you could say I wasn't there. I didn't know. Be careful, be careful, visit the sick. I didn't know you were sick. I didn't know you were in the hospital. I all of these things, all of these things. Why is that true? Why did Kodesh Baruch tell you to do, show you all these things? Because we, it's quite clear. It's quite clear that the, that, that, that you can get away with it. You can do things and not do things, but according to some other, other drum that is beating. The last pasuk vav the naviyahu ocholema chaloma hu yumat, and that navi should be killed. Kidiber saral Hashem Elokim. He spoke. They spoke poorly about God. Was motziet chemer. It's a triumph for whom we have to thank God for taking us out of Mitzrayim all the time. And redeemed us from the house of slavery. So that's the the prophet. He wanted to change you, change you, put you away, change you from by killing him, by by exercising. By exercising capital punishment, you're you're defending this idea. You're defending this idea. So we're talking about a situation where there are prophets in the world. Some Jews are prophets, some non-Jews are prophets. And the only way ultimately to test the prophecy of the prophet is if the prophecy of the prophet tells you to support the Torah. Or the prophecy of the prophet tells you to reject the Torah. Now, like a thousand years later, the Rambam, the Rambam was sort of like giving us direction. I have here a very long Ramban, which I, I would have liked to learn a little bit, but I don't think we'll have time. But we will, one second, we learn the Rambam. Here we are. Okay. The Rambam starts in Hilchot Yisodei HaTorah Perik Zayin Alocha Aleph with these words, Yisodei HaDat. The foundation, the foundation of our religion. And he's going to tell me something very important. Lay down. Everybody should know. Sha'el menabei et b'nei ha'adam. That God produces prophet, prophets. Akel 
Minabei et Binei Adam. God turns people into prophets. And only God can do that. Only God can turn a person into a prophet. So why is that be so they are not? Going the contrary. It sounds like something that used to be, but doesn't happen anymore. But no, according to the Rambam, according to the Rambam, the world is a world in which an encounter with God is certainly possible. Certainly possible. And certainly we can have the faith that it has to, that we need in order to believe that it might happen. So that's why it's me so day had that. Because it tells me about the world I live in and tells me what it is that I can accomplish. And so if I had to choose a pasuk that this idea is based on, I would choose that pasuk that we just learned. Right, the passage that we just learned, which ends with the words Uba Kid Bakun, cleave to God. So what do we cleave to God? Who's cleaving? We should not be surprised if somebody shows up and says that he's a prophet. So there are people who are candidates for nivuah, for prophecy, and there are people who are not candidates for prophecy. El al-chacham gadol. If you're very clever, you know a lot of Torah. Gadol b'chokmah, gibor b'midotav, having outstanding midot. Velo yeyitzro megaber alav b'davar me'olam, and he, he doesn't succumb to the desires of his inclinations or his inclinations but he's a kind of person who is always under control right tamid he has kind of wide understanding and knowledge so you have to prerequisites according to according to the Rambam. Not everybody, I mean, I mean, some people could be chosen to be prophets, but they would have to have these prerequisites. Have to have these prerequisites. So the person's a chacham, but he's not a gibar, so that's not good enough, according to, according to the Rambam. According to the, the, the Rambam. Adam shul mimullah b'chol amidot ha'elu. A person who is filled with all of these character traits. Shalem Bigufo, somebody who is healthy, physically healthy, When he goes into the Pardes, Pardes is a, a word that is used by non-Kabbalists and by Kabbalists. Deeper meaning, greater understanding. Pardes is sometimes taken as an acronym for Pshat, Remesh, Drash, and so the four different ways of looking at at the text of the of the Torah. When he finishes all the other learning that you're supposed to do, right? You know, like. Uh, 
Like you know that story with Rav Nossin, the student of Rav Nachman, the great student of Rav Nachman. He was a great scholar, and he produced uh, in writing most of the things that Rav Nachman wrote said. Uh, so he came, you know, before Rav Nachman died, Rav Nossin, who was his devoted student, he came to him and he said, how can I, uh, I would like to write a Torah on my own. I'd like to write something on my own that is similar to what you write, uh, Rebbe, but but I won't do it if you don't, unless you give me permission. So it was Erev Pesach when I went to Esther Rav Nachman if, uh, to get permission to do Rav Nachman's answer to me was, okay, you can do it, but before you do it, I want you to review all of Shas, Torah Shemichtav, all the written Torah, the, the Torah Shemichtav, the, the uh, oral law and the Gemara and the Yerushalmi and all the books of Kabbalah. Huh? So Rav Nosson said, okay, okay. And then and he tells the story, he continues the story, he says, so then when I finished, it was Arab Shavuos, and I went back to the Rebbe, and I asked him if I could write a Torah, and he said yes. So that means all those things that he was supposed to learn, a review, he did between Pesach and Shavuos. Pretty, pretty remarkable. So there are people who have uh, like remarkable ability to kind of learn material and keep themselves aware of it. And he'll be pulled into the all these deep thinking, deep thoughts. He says, and he has the ability to understand, to achieve. He, this person who's, who's going to become a prophet, he becomes sacred, holier and holy, right? Holier and holier. And he separates himself from the community. They go and the dark, they think about the things that at that time were developed to keep you kind of like just confused about things. He goes and he encourages himself. And he teaches his soul. And he teaches himself not to think about but foolishness, things that have no meaning. He doesn't spend time on the Narishkeit of our generation, and the confusions of our generation. Ella, you see, see here that word Ella? His mind is always ready to accept Limala. Uh, 
right? It's, it's, he's always ready to connect himself with the, with the throne, the throne of God's presence. Lahavin ba'otan atzurot atidoshot atahorot and to understand. Lahavin, lahavin ba'otan atzurot atidoshot those sacred formulations atahorot the pure umistakel bichachmach al hakadosh baruch and he's always understanding and looking at and thinking about chachmah shel hakadosh baruch hu. Kula Mitsurari Shona Ad Tabur Aras from the very first uh, from the very beginning of of, of creation. Ad Tabur Aras until the the Tabur, the, the belly button of of the world. Biodeya Mahangadvu Mahangadlu they understand he understands. Something about the greatness of the world, miyad, miyad, ruach hakodesh, miyad, ruach hakodesh shorei alav. So the scholars have wondered about this statement, miyad, ruach hakodesh shorei alav. Like, who's in charge? Is the candidate in charge of becoming a navi, or is hakodesh bohu in charge? I think that. The simple shot in the Rambam is that Hakadosh Baruch is in charge. But what the Rambam added to our understanding of prophecy were two things. One was, one is that it's an option that's available because anybody can undertake the the trip. Anybody can undertake to become a Navi. And whether you become a Navi or not, it's only to your advantage. It's all to your advantage. Secondly, secondly, the Ramam rejuvenated the idea that a Navi is a good thing. It was, we might have had the impression from reading the Psukim with Rashi that Nivuah was something like a burden. It just causes trouble. It uh, produces people who are against the Torah. But no, the Rambam wants us to understand that Nivuah is the word that describes spiritual achievement. And therefore, Botit Bakun. The Rambam was, after all, a Rambamist. He thought that reality was that what you thought about it, what you understood about it, that religiosity was the way you served God. That was the Rambam. And so the Rambam felt that there was a place for a prophecy for all of us. There was a place for prophecy in the world that we should aspire towards it and not simply beware to usurp it from our, our world. And so you see, you see that according to the Ramah, that according to the Ramah, prophecy is what you make of it. Even though the Ramah doesn't say that here, but he says it elsewhere that
the prophecy of Bilam. Prophecy of Bilam was real. And the prophecy of the Khartoumim, of the magicians in Mitzrayim, that was real. But none of them, none of them was able to compete with the Rambam's idea of a prophet. The Rambam said, we need prophecy. We need prophecy because it's the great enabler that makes it possible. Yes, makes it possible for us to, to achieve spiritual energy, to be special, not just to repeat the mitzvot, not just to do what we're supposed to do, to avoid doing what we're not supposed to do, but to botid bakun, there's a path that brings us closer to God, which enables us to connect somehow to God. And that path is called nivua, prophecy. Uh, next week, I don't think I'll be able to give a shoe. I have a granddaughter who's getting married and they told me that I have to attend. So sometimes I listen. All the best. Have a good week. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.